Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast, where we strive to bring you useful and timely information to inspire and encourage you on your journey with histiocytosis. This is episode 58, Global Genes Conference, showing up and making an impact. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Wisniewski. As we seek to make more of an impact in our advocacy and awareness efforts, sometimes that means trying new things. This year, we did just that by creating a poster about our ambassador program and submitting corresponding abstracts to various meetings. And you know what? It worked. The poster was accepted by several conferences, and we were able to show up to proudly talk about the work the Histiocytosis Association is doing in and through our ambassador program. Today, we're going to talk about just one such conference put on in September by Global Genes. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello, and a very special welcome to our Histio community and listeners. Well, we just wrapped up an extremely exciting Awareness Month in September, and here at the association, as well as all of you out there, did an incredible job raising awareness about histiocytosis among diverse audiences, including medical professionals. We definitely wanted to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to everyone within the association, and especially our wider community, for the amazing work that you've done. These efforts have been invaluable. Now, earlier this year, Ambassadors Drew Friedman and Nate Milam attended the World Orphan Drug Congress, and in our previous episode, we invited them on to talk about their experiences there. Well, during Awareness Month, the association participated in two additional significant conferences. One was the Global Genes Rare Equity, and one was Rare Advocacy Summit. And on today's podcast, Nate has returned with us, along with two other Histio ambassadors, to talk about their experience at this, these most recent conferences. With that said, I'd love to welcome Nate, Melinda, and Anna to the podcast. Thank you all so much for being with me today and sharing your valuable insights about these essential conferences. Thank you for for having having me. Well, I would love to start by having you each kind of introduce yourselves and telling us a little bit about who you are, including your work as Histio Ambassadors. Hello, everyone. My name is Nate. If you remember me from last time, I um, am the 25th Histio Ambassador, and I've been doing outreach pretty much my entire life, doing various opportunities through various avenues and platforms. Um, but most recently, I have been a part of such conferences through Global Genes, where I've met lots of other advocates reaching the same goal as me to try and gain awareness for rare diseases. I have also been delighted with the opportunity to work alongside Kathy with these podcasts, trying to bring the most important messages to you guys and, you know, inform and educate about things that we do and things that are important to know. I just was a part of a, a 5K marathon for his TIE fighters that we did to raise money for his suicidosis. So just finding little little things here and there to be a part of and, and kind of put my... my Prince on so that I can join in the fight. So happy to be back and thank Kathy for having me. Hi again, everybody. Uh, my name is Anna. Um, again, thank you, Kathy, for having us. I am an ambassador and I am a, a group facilitator with the association. Um, I've been now an ambassador for, I think, two years. 
And um, it's been a wonderful experience having to advocate for our Hisio community, um, being there to support them um, emotionally and any just questions that they have. Um, I feel like we know personally the journey. So being able to support them in this is wonderful. Um, I'm also a admin. I do a lot of admin and case management work for our behavioral um, health specialist here in San Diego. Um, so I know a lot about the mental health world and um, navigating that world has been a tremendous help for our uh, rare cancer community. Being able to provide resources in that route has been helpful as well. I also now part of the ECD support, providing support group for them as well. Um, so I'm just trying to to help in every way I can to advocate, to support um, our history community and a rare cancer community. Um, it's wonderful to be able to have these podcasts, to be able to also give more knowledge and um, be able to just educate everybody what we're doing here on our end to provide services and uh, be an advocate for them. So thanks again for having me. Hi, I'm Melinda Atnip. I'm the Outreach Program Coordinator for the Histiocytosis Association. Started about two years ago and was asked to develop a volunteer leadership program called the Ambassador Program. So uh, and also myself, I'm an ambassador as well. Uh, my passion for advocating for patients is rooted from my own personal experience with my husband advocating for my husband's rare disease diagnosis of Erdheim Chester disease. The reason why I'm so passionate about it is just the power of unity and shared experience really does help us combat that profound sense of isolation that has affected all of us with rare disease. I'm just, uh, my, my mission is what through the association is to create leaders throughout the United States and world to help others in their own communities and to, to spread the word, to spread awareness and to, to help us provide funds for research and to just co continue to grow and evolve and change and just to help everybody. And just Nate and Anna have been such a testament to two ambassadors that have just done an absolutely fabulous job. They are changing lives every single day by having conversations with people about their own personal experiences and what they go through. If you saw Nate, if you are on social media, Nate didn't really talk about, but he, he, that his awareness month, he worked hard on that. He was, did an amazing job. And Anna, um, if you ever get to listen to Anna at the support groups, her voice of kindness, and she's such a good listener. And these are just two of our ambassadors. We have um, 28 in total, two youth ambassadors that are all continuing to do certain things, ways to advocate for our community. So that is a little bit about me and, and the ambassador program. And and uh, what's my, my job as the, as my ambassador, since I'm an ambassador, is to, to create more of a community with ambassadors. So that's me. Thank you. Well, thank you all very much for, for sharing. I think that um, you're all an inspiration to the community. And I'm just so excited to have you here and continue this conversation. One thing I would like to know before we kind of dig into kind of the specifics about the conferences, let's talk about the conferences in general, these two that, that you both, all three of you recently attended. 
What what is each of this, these conferences about? What what are the goals for the conferences? Who typically attends them? What can you tell us in general about the conferences? So if we count the three, because I feel like even though the Global Genes Equity and Patient Advocacy were kind of back to back conferences that I count as one, but um, when I was there, I did notice a distinction between those and the World Orphan Drug Congress, at least from my experience going to these conferences, the Drug Congress was more surrounded by pharmaceutical companies and kind of the avenue where um, approaches are being made medically to treat different types of rare disorders. So there's a lot of advocacy groups coming together to describe and um, showcase the strides they're making um, on the medical side to treat these things. However, the equity and advocacy conferences were more geared towards these groups coming together to um, explain their mission and and um, really delve into the work that they're doing as groups on the outreach side. I was really focused on the equity half of those um, conferences where they talked mostly about gaining equality for each type of each individual a part of these teams and each individual affected by these disorders. Um, there are Lots of groups um, and identities that need to be represented. And there are many other individuals um, impacted by rare disease who who carry different hats. In an effort to advocate on the awareness of rare disease and, and get treatment for those disorders, it's also very important to recognize that these people also have identities that need to be recognized because the health system sort of changes depending on who is being treated. Not every person is having the same experiences when it comes to getting the care that they need as, as everyone else. So a big thing that I took away that was really uh, mentioned was the different ethnicities impacted by rare disease and how the the quality of care shifts based on what your background is. And the goal of this conference was to first identify these these pitfalls and reiterate the point and and show ways that we can bridge that gap so that that doesn't continue to happen because more people can get treated better that way. And as far as the advocacy summit, although I didn't I wasn't as in tune to this one as the other two, so let them speak on that a little bit more. But for me, that was more different groups kind of identifying what work they're doing to um, push the agenda of um, the rare disease uh, mission and getting people in the know of things that we're working towards to help gain awareness for these things. So. I went to the conference last year, to the Global Genes Conference, and 
So Nate was referring to three different conferences. He went to the World Orphan Drug Congress, I believe, in May. So that was in Washington, D.C. The other two that were together, but basically both of these were put on by Global Genes in San Diego. So the first half was the Rare Equity Conference, and then the second half was the the patient advocacy portion of the, the conference, which is really, it was almost like one, but you could choose. You could go to like day and a half, the first one, or you could go to the second two days and one of them overlap by a day. Back to what is the Global Genes Conference and what is it like? So Global Genes Conference is when all of the rare disease communities come together and you can meet each other and you connect and you interact and you share and you collaborate. And you're just amongst so many amazing people. You make connections with strangers that you never would think that you would just also become friends just by standing in line to get food or something. You have similar uh, the similar journey. And it's just amazing the energy that all of these people have together collectively. And I feel that going there helps ignite all of us to be re-energized within our own histio community to continue to go out and, and, and spread our own awareness, but to learn from these other groups. And just, I just feel like we're just, we're not so by ourselves. You know, we're not so alone. I know, Nate, I think you met several people. I met, I met people at dinner just randomly. We were just sitting next to, and then next thing you know, I'm sitting next to a caregiver. And then Nate's mom is there. And she's a caregiver. And then I, then we just were sitting next to a stranger who was doing research on caregivers. And it was this, this perfect table that we didn't anticipate sitting next to each other. And we just had a beautiful conversation with one another. And uh, we walked away friends after just sitting down together for an hour. I think the same thing happened to me at lunch the next day. Um, I literally went to a table by myself. And then next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with all sorts of people sharing our experiences and about our organizations and, and learning from each other. So it really is more, I feel like it's more patient-driven advocacy groups as opposed to that World Orphan Drug Congress that was in May, which is probably be more medical community, more pharmaceutical-driven. This was more patient-advocacy-driven more people that were starting up their first 501c3 people that were their their children maybe have been undiagnosed for 5 years or something you know people are just just struggling trying to make connections with other people that want to hear about what was your diagnostic odyssey where did you go how are you figuring this out so a lot of people trying to network and help each other out and we're helping each other by being together and it was just, it's always like last year, it was just a beautiful experience. And I had to have these ambassadors have this experience. I wanted them to meet other people, to just see this, this big community, because there were, there used to be 7,000 rare diseases, but now there's 10,000 rare diseases. So there's a lot of them out there. So you can imagine just this little, this little conference that we had is just a little, little tiny blip, but. Of, of people being represented uh, um, out there. So um, anyhow, that is, that is what Global Genes means to me. That conference means to me. There's just, that's, that's what it is. It's patients 
patient advocates, parents, caregivers, and every other aspect of of a rare disease community that you can imagine. There's psychologists, there's there are researchers there, there are some pharmaceutical companies that actually help put this program on so we can have this. And uh, it was just, I, I just really enjoyed it. And I really wanted to share it with the ambassadors. That's awesome. You made a really good point. I think, you know, as important as it is for the the research and the treatments and the diagnoses, I think that another really important aspect of this is just kind of the um, the mental and emotional strain that people go through who are either um, the, the, the patient or the caregivers. And I think, like you said, Melinda, just having that opportunity to come together with other people who are dealing with what you're dealing with, even if it's not the same exact disease, but just someone who understands what it's like to have a rare disease or to care for someone who has a rare disease. I think that that can go a long way to kind of boost your mental and emotional state to kind of keep fighting the good fight and keep moving forward. So it sounds like a really fantastic aspect of these meetings. Anna, I would love to hear from you. Um, First, if this was your first such conference, and if so, what expectations did you have going into it, and how did they change, or were they met when you actually attended the conference? Yes, this was my first conference, Global Genes Conference, and it was wonderful. I I was amazed at all of the resources out there um, that support these rare diseases, the kindness of people, um, the guidance of uh, for advocates in the U.S., and how to on how to extend our reach. Um, so that was, that was really good. Um, it was really good to be able to, 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 to know and gain, gain knowledge on how to develop, you know, your nonprofit. But I, I would say, however, I, I look forward to the inclusion of seeing other cultures in the summit and how that would shift and change how the summit looks. As a Latina woman, being an advocate for the History Association, I have seen how important it is to offer services to other countries and other cultures. Um, like, for example, I would be helpful to include and educate the importance of bringing awareness, education, knowledge of how to access services for those coming from other countries where such resources are non-existent. I mean, it would be helpful to include this in the advocates. I mean, I mean, it was wonderful overall, like, like I said, the kindness that uh, people just want to give and want to want to provide services and support to rare diseases. It was beautiful to see that, but it would be also helpful to to include that part of it. That's awesome. I love I love that idea of of um inclusion and equity and making sure that that these uh these treatments and these resources are available to all um because it doesn't matter what your background is. If you're dealing with a rare disease, you need to get the treatment that you need. Um, and your background, your ethnicity should should not play a factor in all at all in in that in receiving that treatment. Nate, one thing I would like to ask you, um, because you you kind of outlined for us how these conferences were different. The the one that you attended earlier in the year, the World Orphan Drug Congress, where that was more for pharmaceutical companies, and then these conferences that were more for patients and families and advocates. What would you say were the 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 biggest differences, and and how can you compare your experiences in both of these these different conferences, these different types of conferences? So an interesting thing that I feel like I can speak on personally is that I knew very early on that I was going to like the 
equity and advocacy conferences more. It felt more like a family. I think when Melinda mentioned that every aspect of the rare disease community was represented there, it's a really big deal because speaking on the Orphan Drug Congress in the last podcast chat, I went into it and I felt like I had imposter syndrome because I was new to the space, for one. And two, I think it's really good to be in the know of what's going on behind the scenes medically to know, you know, where we stand and how things are advancing. So that way we can find better treatment for all of our diseases. However, there was little talk of personal journeys and experiences with rare disease at the equity and advocacy summit. I met more people either directly impacted or they had a family member who was impacted or, um, you know, it, it just felt more personable. I ended up speaking to many people that I kind of befriended, in a sense, before even knowing who they actually were. We had nice conversations, and then I found out they were so-and-so from Global Genes, or um, they were the head of this company who was working with Indigenous people. And I Anna pointed out a very important thing about the the cultures being represented and there were two keynote speakers who blew my mind. My favorite part of the conference was the fact that they came in so strong. The the first keynote speaker was highlighting how racism is still very much a thing in healthcare. The 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 quality of care is not the same um, amongst all patients. And it was a shock to the system, but I've always felt that the boldest moves are usually like the most impactful. It was important to bring up because me as a person, like as a rare disease patient, I have experienced that personally. And then Esther was speaking on the importance of having representation for indigenous people and how not being represented in the ways that they need to in healthcare and how it's important to highlight that and bring that to the forefront so that way they can also get the treatment that they need. And throughout that conference, I got to speak to various people. I connected on a personal level just because of my background, but also it was just so nice, like so welcoming and uh, willing to talk and willing to share. So that's the, I think the biggest difference is the fact that one felt like more of a group that was built to connect, built to make people feel welcome and built to share in the experience and share in the mission to grow and collectively say, hey, yes, we see you, we see each other, and we're all going to do the work so that way we can advance um, together and reach the same goal as opposed to this is our medical community and these are the things that we have done so far. So here is our outline of methods that we're using to treat rare disease. So both important, but but the feel is very different. Well, I know at all of these conferences, we had a poster that we presented, and that I'm sure was very different from between um, the Rare Orphan Drug Congress and and global genes. So Melinda, you were instrumental in putting that that poster together. So um, I know we talked a little bit about it in our last podcast, but tell us a little bit about this poster. And then also, 
what the experience was like for you going this year when we had a poster as opposed to last year when when we did not. So a little bit about the poster. So at the the World Orphan Drug Congress in May was the first place the poster was displayed. And it was actually where we were had given the opportunity to create a poster. And uh, we collectively got together. Kathy, you were on the committee at the very beginning. And I kept saying, Drew and Nate and Michelle have an opportunity to have a poster about the histiocytosis association. We didn't even know what it was going to be about. But as we kept developing it, Kathy, uh, Kristen, uh, Deanna, and myself, it was apparent that it really should be on the ambassador program and how patient advocacy group can come together to help bridge the gaps for our rare disease community. So basically, basically the poster is a snapshot of how we created a program in one year and what that program has done for our community. So we had a free submission at the World Orphan Drug Congress. And so it went through many edits and a lot of development went into the poster. So it was sent to Drew and he was able to hang it up and we were giving him flyers and everything. So I guess it was well received. As everyone said, it was it was colorful. We had all our histio colors on there. And and then and then it's it's started to travel because and then there's these other conferences like Global Genes and then it's also, I believe, going to go to the Histiocyte Society meeting. And but there's these other conferences that if you have an abstract or if you have a, a poster, you can submit it for acceptance to be displayed. So I saw the opportunity at the Global Genes Conference that if you submit your abstract, then possibly this poster could be displayed. So it got accepted, which was amazing. It was like, oh, it's good enough to be accepted, you know, this poster. And then it was on display. So just it was all this, just this collective work over the last two years developing the program. And then it was so rewarding to have three ambassadors attend the Global Genes Conference that their faces are on the poster because it's about the ambassador program, the development of our program. So uh, we took several pictures in front of it. And it's, you know, it's just a step by step how we created the program, what the goal of the program is, and it continues to grow. And so I was very proud of it. I don't know if I, I was telling people, this is us, you know, I'd walk by and say, this is our, this is our group right here. And I, I was, uh, you want to ask me any questions about it? There wasn't really an opportunity to, to just like, it wasn't like at a booth, you know, where I was, you know, handing out flyers and talk to me about this program. It was, it was on display on a digital board and you could press a button through it. And I also created a, a video with Kristen and Deanna explaining the entire poster. So that will come out sometime. So it has more of an explanation of every single section of the poster. I was just very proud that it got accepted and was received and I, and I at the Global Genes Conference. And I was mostly proud of the fact that I had three ambassadors there. Really, so basically four, including myself. Like that was one of my goals going into this conference. Is this particular conference has a travel scholarship program where you can apply after a certain point and you have an opportunity to go. 
So all of us actually received the travel scholarship. So it enabled us to go, but you had to meet a certain deadline to be able to have that opportunity. So I, of course, wanted all 25 of my ambassadors to go. Like that was my goal. It's been my goal, like to connect everybody together. Cause I feel like with connection comes just, uh, it just helps us become more. It's just, again, just reigniting the passion and the enthusiasm, because I think telling your story and doing this job for a while, I know like it can get wearing, you know, but if we connect and we're reminded constantly of why we're doing this, I just feel like it's just, it's just so good for our, just so energizing and so good for our mental health to be together. I know there's all the things that we do to help us mentally, you know, whether it's exercising or eating right or whatever, but, but. Getting together as a group and just talking to people—that is some of the—that's the best, some of the best medicine that you could ever have. It's just—it's just getting together and, and and creating that unity. So, back to the poster. I was proud of it. I was more proud that I got my ambassadors there to take a picture in front of it and to, for them to meet each other. We're going to take a short break to share with you some very important information. But when we come back, we'll hear about the main takeaways that each of our three ambassadors had in their experience with the Global Genes Conference. We'll be right back. Looking for the perfect gift for someone special this holiday season? Well, you can give the gift of hope. The hope to reach more people through awareness of histiocytic disorders. The hope of connection, bringing together our rare community. The hope to further progress by funding important research projects and initiatives. With your help, we can accelerate research towards better treatments, improve the lives of people impacted by histiocytic disorders, and move us closer to a world free of histiocytic disorders. Until that day becomes a reality, please help us be there for those who need us by committing your generous support to the Histiocytosis Association today. Every donation makes a big impact. To donate, please visit www.histio.org backslash give 2023. Again, that's www.histio.org backslash give 2023. End of the year, knowing that with your help, the Histiocytosis Association will be able to continue to provide support and give hope to the next person who receives their life-altering histiocytosis diagnosis. Wishing you and your family a happy and hope-filled holiday. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with ambassadors Melinda, Anna, and Nate. So should we continue to attend conferences like these? Well, they're going to share their answer to this question and a whole lot more. So let's dive in. Well, Anna, for you, before you went to this conference, did you have any personal goal for yourself? And while you were there, did you get the opportunity to share your own story or meet anyone who knew what Histia was or had at least heard of it before? Yes. Yeah, so my goal was to just spread more Histia awareness and to collaborate with others and offer um, more support to to patients, to more patients. And it, it was so interesting how it kind of happened. I attended the freshman orientation and I, you, you know, you get to sit in the table and uh, meet everybody. There's a there's like a activity where you get to share your you know y- who you are and a little bit about yourself and then and then why you're here. So I got to share my story, my histo journey, and everybody, of course, no one knew what it was. 
So I had to, you know, kind of go from scratch and just, you know, just kind of explain what it is and then talk about my, everybody was interested to know how, you know, what, what treatments do you, have you been in? And so that was really interesting having to do that. But also I was able to connect with others, um, with other rare cancers and they've had their similar um, process as, as histio. So that was really interesting just to hear. Um, but it was also wonderful to be able to um, relate and um, and like Melinda said, not feel so alone because now you know you think you're probably the only you know histio is the only rare disease, but getting to see others go through their own rare disease and um, navigate this journey and and feel like you know you're again you're not alone. You're doing this together. You're doing life together. You're on this rare journey together. And, and you're here trying to support others. So that was really wonderful to do. And um, and then from that, jumping into like, like collaborating with them, like what can we do together to help more rare diseases? Or I met this amazing group, it's called Imperfect Joy. And they they take capture um, these pictures and, and films of, of patients and, um, and their, their families and um, help put together, like capture these memories and help patients tell their stories through films and and photography. Um, and that, that was just wonderful, like getting to meet, you know, these awesome organizations that help, you know, these rare diseases was just wonderful. And then also, again, moving forward to collaborations, like how can we help then the histo community and how can we help you and, and people, you know, at this freshman, all of this is going on at the same time. Everybody wants to talk, everybody wants to know your story and everybody wants to collaborate because they think, well, you know, we're in this together. How can we help each other? So that was wonderful to to experience and get to see, again, I've mentioned this, but get to see people's kindness and and the fact that they want to invest their time in listening and helping was just a wonderful experience. I think my goal was just very limited. I I also didn't have a lot of expectation because I thought I, this is my first time. I don't know what to really expect. But my goal was just, you know, this only two things, but I felt like I got so much more out of it. That's amazing. I I would love to actually hear from any or all of you about why you feel like conferences like these are important for us to continue to attend, if you think they're important for us to continue to attend. And then furthermore, what was the, the biggest takeaway that you each took from this, whether it was you know, standing in front of the poster or intend, attending a session or talking with people or what your, what your biggest takeaways were? So Nate, we'll start with you. Okay. I think that these are super, super important to continue attending because there is power in support. There is power in togetherness, just the energy in that room. So this is my first time attending the Rare Equity Forum and the the Patient Advocacy Summit. The World Orphan Drug Congress was my first conference, and I didn't know what to expect then. And Melinda prepared me early and said that it may be a little overwhelming, just the sheer amount of people. Um, And I remember just being in awe because although I expressed feeling a little out of place, it was my first time being in a group of people 
dedicated to the same mission as I was. They were all advocates for rare disease. And I've never been in a space like that before. So coming from that, I don't even think that prepared me for what these other two conferences were, because believe it or not, I feel like it was even more. So the patient advocacy summit, the first day, I don't know if it was orientation or like the first, the first keynote speaker who was there, I was just coming from kind of the end of the equity forum. And I sat in the room, there was barely any seats left because there were so many people in that ballroom. And again, a little overwhelming because it's like, oh my gosh, there's so many people, so many people. And it's easy to, it's easy to feel like um, you have a small voice, you know, it's easy to feel like so many people with this, with like different experiences who all want to share and all important causes. So it's easy to feel like like little fish in a big pond who all have the same goal. But the the biggest takeaway that I left with was the fact that even though you may feel like that, your voice still matters. I asked questions both days. I connected with a speaker who was discussing his mission and turning barbershops into places where we can openly discuss rare disease because in african-american culture the barbershop is like the comfort spot he was he was saying that like when i get my haircut that's the spot where we talk about anything from like school to um, relationships like it's just the culture of being in a, in a barbershop is the zone where black men specifically can um Come together to just, you know, you may not even know the person that well, but you sit in that chair and and you you can really talk about anything. He was just discussing how that is a space where he's trying to turn that and implement rare disease talk because that's kind of a great way to advocate and to um, spread awareness. If you're talking about anything under under the sun in the, bar- the barbershop chair, why can't you talk about rare disease? And then that person then goes and tells whoever they know. And that's just another speedway to get that message across. I basically was asking him, what are some ways that we can work towards gaining that trust? His his barbershop mission is, is that's his project. So how can I, what project can I take on to um, help build that, that trust in my end? And before even doing that, I had, to, I had to share my story because whenever you speak in these these avenues, you have to kind of give a blurb, an elevator pitch on on why you're there and how you are, what you bring to the table. And so I always share my story, and I, it was it was just a question. It was a precursor to the to to the question, but even still, it happened to touch a lot of people. And throughout the rest of the conference. Wherever I went and I was introducing myself, every time I, every time I met someone, they would say, "You're the person who asked that question," and it's it's so crazy because it was one question, Kathy. It was one question, but I shared my story, and they remembered my question because of the story that I shared. And you may feel like a small a small fish in a big pond, but it's an important fish. You know, we, we all have important stories to tell. So the the takeaway is that like your voice matters and in in a, in a big way. So use your voice.
you know, um, in any space, but especially that one with people there dedicated to working towards the same mission as you. Small fish, but all very, very important fish. I love that because it sounds like this conference gave you the opportunity, gave everybody there the opportunity to have a seat at the table. And so not only did you were you impacted yourself, but you also impacted others, which I think is really a a great point to bring up as well, that you all made an impact as well at these, at these conferences. So good on you. Good on you. Thank you. Linda or Anna, any takeaways? Um, Yes, I have, I have a a few. I think the most important one that I've that I uh, learned or um, saw was the collaborations are key to better support our rare community. Um, sharing your story, like Nate said, your voice is important and your your story is unique. Um, your feelings are unique and you and sharing that can make a great impact on somebody else, even if it's just one person, but being able to, to find um, some support in that aspect and just you just sharing um and it could be just something like nate mentioned it could be just a question that you asked or um just commented on how you feel and that can just cause like a a big connection and and collaboration and another thing was um resources resources are are very important in this journey in rare disease communities because they're very limited. So I think, and the more we know about them, the better we can help our history community. We can help others in rare diseases. So I think resources and, and learning from them, learning that there's so many out there and we just have to do our research, but learning about them was just wonderful. And another takeaway was, I felt kind of like you, you, Maybe this is kind of, you know, um, what Nate said, but just seeing everybody there and all the organizations just didn't, it, it made me feel like I can do it too. Like I can continue to share. I can continue to collaborate. I can continue to be an advocate. I don't, you know, just, you don't have to feel like Nate said, like a small fish, like we could do it. Even if it's like a small, a small, you know, um, it could be a very small gesture that you do. It could be just something like by sharing your story, something very small, but it just, it makes an impact. And um, that was, that was all my key takeaways. <laughs> so your first question that you asked, Kathy, was should we continue to go to these conferences? Well, if you heard Nate and Anna's response, I don't know how you could say they're a waste of time or anything like that. because. What they experienced is exactly what these conferences are for. The power of unity and shared experience are something that you can't get from a screen. That them being with other people, it makes them feel, it just, it just brings everyone together. It just makes them so much stronger. I, I believe in the power of a collaboration as well and learning from each other's experiences and how we can take we, we can all learn from each other. Like, what are you doing that's working? Or we need to change something. Oh, that looks really neat. Uh, let's try that. And then bring it back to the association to maybe learn from that. My background is in education and we valued conferences, professional development. We go to conferences at least a couple of times a year just to reignite ourselves and to be with other people that are like us so we can continue to do our work to the best of our ability. 
So I guess the answer is yes, we should go back. Um, my takeaways from this, seeing these two light up and be excited. That is one of my biggest, that's my biggest takeaway right there. I, I do, I have several. I got to connect with some people as well from our community. Also got to find out a little bit more about uplifting athletes uh, and so many, so many positives. I have to end with the fact that I'm always very humbled and honored to be in the presence of so many people that have endured significant challenges and, and in turn making a pro- profound difference in lives of countless people all over. Their resilience and commitment to the rare disease community is a source of inspiration to me. And, uh, that was my biggest takeaway. That's fantastic. What's exciting, like you mentioned earlier, the uh, the poster that 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 you created is going to make its way to the Histiocyte Society annual meeting coming up. Actually, by the time this podcast airs, the annual meeting will be over already, which is crazy to think about. But I'm excited to have Diana present that there and be able to share this program with all of these doctors that are specifically focused on histiocytosis, um, all of the forms of histiocytosis. So I think it will be really, really exciting to get them to um, learn more about this program and um, maybe even be able to direct people to get involved in this program and just see where we can go because of the awareness that we're raising at the uh, Histiocyte Society annual meeting. So that is very exciting, exciting things to, to, uh, to think about. So I think that this is a fantastic place to kind of wrap up. But like I do in all of my episodes, I would love to give you the opportunity to share any final thoughts that you have, anything you'd like to share with the Histio community. So final thoughts. I feel like I said this last time, but just uh, never stop fighting for something if you're passionate about it. I have never been to California, let alone San Diego. And I have been working very, very hard to finish school. The catalyst of this whole thing, when I was diagnosed with HLH at 19, I was right in the middle of my sophomore year of college. and up until that point, I was being treated for Crohn's, and um, I was pursuing a nursing degree. So that was around 2018. I started college in 2016. It is now 2023, and I am 25, and pursuing a different major of healthcare management, and just now about to graduate in this December with that degree. So everyone completes things at their own time. However, I would be remiss to tell you that things wouldn't have been different if I had been diagnosed with the correct thing the first time. And with that, one of the goals that I had was to make connections at this conference so that way I could um, try and land somewhere that fuels my passion when it comes to the career that I choose after I graduate. And um, after so much practice having to use my voice and advocate for myself, I went into this space without nerves. I think the first um, World Orphan Drug Congress helped with that a bit, 
but I have always been someone who has been able to speak from the heart when it comes to this topic, whether it was Crohn's before I knew or HLH that I know now. I've always wanted to help people and make things better. So I think I was able to deliver the question that I asked and deliver my personality um, in the best way at this conference. I left feeling accomplished, feeling like I left a mark on San Diego, feeling like I left a mark on Global Genes and the people that I that I encountered because I let my passion drive me. And I have never once thought about um, not fighting for, for change and for things to be better. So my last words are um, let that passion, whatever it is, um, drive you. I think any successful person in the world will tell you that they got there because they didn't they didn't stop fighting for for what they what they believe in for that for that um that passion. People don't achieve great things when they when they're just like, eh, I guess I'll do this thing." You know, there there has to be something that that pushes them to get there. And I've never once questioned what I was meant to do. So, if you are looking to advocate and I think I've spoken to many other ambassadors who are in the same, you know, boat as me, who are here for a reason, who are using their story to spread awareness and push for um, a better world where histiocytosis is not is not so rare, and um, we can freely have conversations and go to our local urgent care and have treatment for our, you know, disease without having to fight for or having to explain our what our circumstance to the physician who's supposed to be treating us. You know, there is a better world out there for us. So I just say show up and and uh use your tools that you were given because it's it's there and um definitely makes an impact. So so keep fighting. One of the things that I realized when I went to the conference this last time, I noticed that I was very proud of our association and how far we've come. Uh, We ran across a lot of people, a lot of new people trying to develop nonprofits for the first time. A lot of people that don't have a drug that they can, that they have found that treats their, their child or their spouse. They're, they're just beginning. And I I look back on our association and it was started by one person, one person with passion in 1986, writing letters across the United States to children's hospitals, because he said, this got, this has got, this ridiculous. There has to be more people like me. And he pushed forward. We now have, we have registries. It's a big deal to have a registry. We have the HLH registry and we have the survivorship, survivorship registry and I, uh, my parting words of any histio warriors out there or family members of histio warriors are out there. Those registries are what drive research or what help other people and come up with good treatment plans. We have those. We are so fortunate. We have FDA approved drugs. That is amazing. Like, I am so proud of us. We have a long ways to go, but we have come very far. And when I see where they are at and where we are, I want to help them 
too. I feel like we have a lot to offer to those other organizations as well, because we do collectively feel a little bit the same. You know, we don't want them to feel as like we want them to have the same success. So I guess uh, making our, it makes our journey all the more meaningful when we're there at those conferences and we can make those connections and, and help each other out. So thank you so much, Kathy, for, for having us. Um, I would say um, would be uh, continue to advocate for yourself. Um, continue to to research uh, resources or, or anything that you that you are in need of. I know our needs change as we continue on this journey. So continue to reach out. If it's not with the association, there's a lot of other resources out there. Um, so continue to do your research and advocate know that we are do face challenges and that that there's other people that are also facing challenges and that you're not alone that we can connect and together and um, I know the association offers you know peer support but there's so much out there and know that you're not alone that we can we can connect even if it's you know just to discuss our challenges of the day, but but being able to connect is so important. Um, and if it's not through conferences, it's through the support groups, it's through one-on-one connection, but reach out and um, continue to, to, to know that we are here to support. And I, I know that Nate and Melinda would say the same, we're here to support our history community and whatever way we can. Well, thank you all for that. I think that this has been just a great conversation. I love being able to share with the community the things that we're doing alongside of them and not just during Awareness Month, but also throughout the year. So I know that these conferences are important and I love to share that, you know, these are the things that we're doing in case anyone didn't see on social media or didn't know that that we attended. I I think that it's, it's great to get this out there to them. And um, I know that that today's conversation is going to inspire and bring hope and encouragement to the community for where we're going. And like Melinda said, how far we've come. We still do have a a long way to go, but we have come so far. And um, part of the reason that we've come so far is because of all of you. So thank you again so much for being here and for um, spending your time with me here today to, to share that hope and encouragement with the community. It's been fantastic having you and can't wait to do it again. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. So there you have it. Thank you for tuning in to this impactful episode featuring HISTU ambassadors Melinda, Anna, and Nate as they shared the experiences they had at the Global Genes Conference in September in San Diego. Just one more way that our community is choosing to be active in raising awareness about and advocating for histiocytosis in our patients and families. All three of them talked about their takeaways from this conference. Well, my own takeaway from this conversation is the common thread throughout about using your voice and sharing your story. You may feel like you're just one person, but like Nate said, even if you're just one little fish in a big pond, it's an important pond. And singular voices have the power and possibility to change the trajectory of things to come in the future. We hope you liked this episode, and if you did, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend, leaving us a comment, taking a screenshot of the episode and tagging us on Instagram at histiocytosis underscore association, or by clicking on the link in the show notes to learn more about how you can support this podcast as we continue to bring you the topics and conversations that interest you the most. 
And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you're notified every time a new episode of Beyond the Diagnosis is released. Remember, we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, you can email it to podcast at histio.org and put podcast idea in the subject line. For links to websites, studies, articles, or resources referenced in today's episode, be sure to check the show notes. As always, we've so enjoyed bringing you this episode of the podcast and look forward to sharing our next episode coming soon. Until then, take good care.